All right, good morning. Let's go for a walk. All these birds. Hopefully it doesn't distract or make this hard to listen to. Hope that you're doing well, that you're uh, just enjoying your week. You're feeling like you're in a groove, things are going smoothly. Um, but if they're not, that's okay. This will probably make um, for a good walk today. So, how a sword is made. Um, back in 2011, I went to South Africa um, with a group, uh, great guys, great girls, and we got to visit Pretoria and Johannesburg and Pachefstroom, and we also went to um, Kwamschlanga. It was a great time. And in Pretoria, one of the gentlemen that we met, his name was Adrian Adams, great dude. Um, really cool to see his family, to see how he lived, and to hear his story of, um, you know, being a part of apartheid and a supporter of apartheid in South Africa and coming to know God and through that transforming and helping, um, you know, end apartheid in a sense and um, live a different lifestyle. And yeah, really, really great guy. So one of the last days that we were there, he got to share this really cool story with us. Um, one was about his life, but the metaphor analogy that he, uh, that he gave us was that a sword is actually just, it's made from a block of iron. And you can't, in that iron, you don't really see a sword, but the blacksmith can see the sword. And you can see the process that has to happen for that block to then be transformed and built into a sword. And that process is a refining process. It's thrown into the fire and it's heated up to extreme temperatures and then it's taken out and it's beaten. And it's beaten into the shape of really what doesn't look like a sword at that point, right? But it's beaten until it cools down and then it's thrown back in the fire. It's heated up, heated up, taken out and beaten and beaten. And that process repeats over and over constant heat, constant beating. And then at a certain point, he has to sharpen the sword. He has to really grind it out. So he puts it on the grinder and he's grinding the blade, sharpening it, heating it up more and beating it in specific parts, right? To make it fit, to make it straight, to make it sharp on both sides, to make it pointed, right? All these different shaping techniques. And, you know, I think that for, for our, it, I think that this applies to our spiritual life, to just our personal lives, um, even career-wise. I think that we have to go through this process just like a sword in our own lives. You know, we think that life is going to be easy. We think that 
you know, we should just fit this trajectory and opportunities will come our way and marriage will be perfect and work is going to continue to get better and we're going to grow and reach these goals and achieve this promotion and our friendships are going to be awesome and we're going to have so much community. All these different things that are, you know, idealistic and great things and sometimes they come easy, but majority of the time I don't think they do. I think there's a really difficult process of developing those things. You know, it's it's not anything that's worth value isn't just given. There is some sort of sacrifice that's in place, you know, and if it is given, then it can become something that you take for granted. And I think that's what's great about that process of having to go through the beating, of having to go through the heat and the grinding, right? You are so much more grateful and um, thankful for what you've received from that process. And so if things aren't going smooth and you're not in a groove this week, like I said at the beginning, then just understand that it's part of a process. It's part of a process that's meant to help you and not meant to hurt you, help shape you and form you into a beautiful sword that's ready for battle. Um, The other thing that I want to point out is that the blacksmith doesn't have to, you know, he's in control of the sword. He's of the block of iron and the block of iron isn't trying to run away, isn't trying to flee. Um, It cooperates. And for me, whenever I've taken the time to recognize the process that I'm in, to recognize that I can't control every situation, the more quickly I start to arrive at the end goal of being that sword, right? And I'm, I'm very far from that right now. I'm not perfect by any means, and I still have a lot that I'm trying to work through and grow in. But when I recognize the process, I'm, I'm in for the ride, right? And I think that when you fight that process, when you don't recognize it, when you're frustrated with it, and you don't, you know, take it on, and, um, you know, embrace it. I think that that's whenever you, you, you really start to struggle and that's whenever things really get annoying and things don't feel like they're going your way. And, and I think even going through those really lows is part of the process itself. Uh, but over time, you know, that block of iron has to be in the shape of a sword, maybe it's dull, but it's at least in the shape of it. And you, you may, you know, when you're going through the process of a really bad low, you may struggle with it, but eventually you have to start recognizing that all of your lows are actually helping you to become that beautiful sword. And so you shouldn't resist as much, you know, it's like you, you got to keep taking steps forward. You can't keep taking steps backward, right? So. If you haven't gone through a lot or you haven't been through this experience before, 
it's okay, it's gonna get better. But if you've gone through this several times and you keep, you know, talking poorly about yourself or, um, you know, not feeling good about it or really just being negative, then you've gotta wake up and you've gotta recognize that it's part of the process. And as soon as you recognize the process, the sooner you can start to move forward towards that goal of becoming that sword. Um, I think that there's a lot of things. I just want to give some examples <coughs> of, you know, areas in my life where I've had to be developed through this. You know, I think I'm not sure that I've shared my college journey and I'm, I'm sure I'll share it a little bit more, but you know, my senior year of high school, I was so ready to play college soccer. I was so excited for the opportunity to play at a higher level. Uh, to continue to grow as a soccer player. And um, the summer before my senior year, I was playing soccer in Morocco with a a semi-professional team, and it was a blast. I was playing against guys that were, you know, five, ten years older than me, and they were, you know, at peak athletic performance. And it was an incredible challenge, and I really loved it. Um, But... 10 days before I came back to the U.S. to start high school up, uh, I had a seizure. And it was out of nowhere, no idea what was going on, never been tested before or had issues with my with headaches or anything like that, just boom, seizure. And for a long time, there was a, there was a gap, a period of uncertainty, of not knowing whether, you know, at the same time as the seizure, I had a concussion because I, I hit the deck. And we weren't sure, man, did I have the seizure and did that cause the concussion? Or did I have a concussion and that caused the seizure? Um, And at the time, I also didn't have health insurance. So it wasn't easy to go see a doctor. And, you know, I got back to the U.S. and basically the doctor's orders from Morocco was until you see somebody like you can't do athletics. Um, I was super sensitive to light. I had to wear sunglasses every time I was outside. Um, don't spend more than 20 minutes outside um, in the sun. And then I, it was hard to read. I was struggling to read. Um, you know, I, I couldn't drive because of the seizure. Um, just all these things that I couldn't do that interrupted uh, my life, especially things that I love to do, like soccer, going out with friends, driving different places. And I got really down on myself. And for a period of like, three months, I just, I was stuck in that place of can't go to the doctor, don't know what's going to happen. And I was just like, I I got depressed. I got to a point where I had, you know, no idea what the rest of my life was going to look like. No idea if I was going to be able to play soccer ever again, all these different things. Um, And I'm so thankful for, it was, you know, at first my teacher is the one that recognized that I was not doing well, that I was depressed, that I was, you know, unmotivated and, um, shout out to Mrs. Holt. Thank you so much. Um, but she connected me with a neurosurgeon that she knew and I went to his house and he saw me for free and Jeff Neese, um, was so helpful. He's Dr. Jeff Neese, um, so helpful in getting me to where I could feel at least comfortable about understanding that process, understanding that, oh, hey, like you're going to become 
like a sword one day, and this is a process that you're going to have to go through. Hey, we're you know we can do surgery. We can. These are the options in front of you. We can switch your medication for the seizures, so that you're not prone to blood thinning and easily bruised, and that will allow you to then play soccer, and then you know just step by step all these different things that he had solutions to, and it was amazing. Um, and so, basically, from there, he he got me an MRI through a machine that he co-owned with some partners. And we were able to figure out that this was a cavernous hemangioma, that we needed to operate on it, um, and that, you know, I could do it now or I could wait a little bit. Ultimately, we decided to wait until after I graduated high school. Had a great senior year. We won state in high school, state in club uh, for the first time. It was, you know, everything that I could have ever dreamed of. And ultimately, I ended up not getting surgery. The plan was to get it um, my, uh, I guess, month before school started uh, for college my freshman year. You know, everyone goes off for college. I'll go ahead and get the surgery, take a semester off, and then get back in. Um, and ultimately, we ended up not doing it because the cavernous hemangioma had shrunk a little bit. There wasn't any bleeding. Um, and we waited and I'm so glad that we waited. Um, I ended up doing it kind of in an emergency situation three years later, four years later. And, um, yeah, I ultimately I ended up going and playing college soccer and had a great college career that I loved. I enjoyed and built great friendships and it was a blast. So all that to say, you know, once you learn that process and once you trust that, hey, things are working together for my good. And if I will just focus, if I will stop trying to control, eventually I'll become a beautiful sword. So that's my encouragement for you today, my story, my example for you today. And I hope that everything doesn't necessarily work in the moment, but that it works out as a whole, all together through the process. Thanks for walking with me. Hope that we can walk again soon. Hey, what's up? I know the walk is over, but I have a few things that I'd like to ask of you. So obviously I've launched this podcast. I'd like for it to do well. I'd, I'd like for it to reach people and for people to hear it, but I also want to make good content and things that are valuable, things that uh, people enjoy. So, a um, couple things. One, if you could go and subscribe to this wherever you get podcasts. I'd imagine most people are on Apple, but I'm sure some of you are on Spotify listening to podcasts and not music. Weirdos. Um <laughs> And then if you can also download several of the episodes, um, the podcast will do better the more downloads it has. If you are enjoying it, if you don't enjoy it, maybe just let me know and don't leave a review. But if you are enjoying it, would really appreciate a five-star review. And if you leave just a little bit of text, even just two lines uh, or even two words, that would mean the world to me. Um, and then lastly, 
I have a survey in there uh, in the show notes of this episode. If you could please leave me a um, a survey uh, submission, that would be super helpful. Basically, it's just a few questions to see what you like, what you don't like about the, the podcast. Uh, like, do you like the fact that I'm walking and you can hear birds in the background? Or um, <laughs> do you like the episodes and the, the content and the topics that we talk about? Uh, different things like that. So if you can please go and subscribe, download episodes, leave a review, and then also uh, fill out a survey. That'd be super helpful. Appreciate you guys. I'm driving right now. Maybe we'll uh, drive again someday.